1: Welcome to the Tech Money Podcast, where the worlds of technology and personal finance collide. Hosted by certified financial planner, speaker, blogger, and self proclaimed personal finance nerd, Malcolm Etheridge, each episode aims to make you just a little bit smarter about your money, all from the perspective of the tech professional. Without further delay, here's your host.
2: Hey there, listeners. Eric with an A here. And today we're bringing you a special episode of the Tech Money Podcast. As you know, aside from hosting this podcast, Malcolm has a day job as a certified financial planner, helping clients analyze and take action on some of their most complex financial decisions. And as you can imagine, one of the most intricate of such conversations where financial planners get involved the most tends to be the one around purchasing or refinancing a home. Thus, Malcolm recently began working with a team at Fortis Mortgage as a strategic consultant, where he lends his expertise and perspective in helping borrowers with unique and sometimes challenging financial structures understand and navigate the mortgage landscape. In keeping the ultimate goal of this show to help close the information gap when it comes to personal finance, Malcolm will be inviting you, the listening audience, to sit in on, on conversations between himself and Fortis's Director of Business Development, Desiree Ragusi, where together they will discuss a particular mortgage topic, giving you some real-world examples and the perspective of the lender, underwriter, and loan originator in a series we're calling Office Hours with Desiree and Malcolm. So with that, Desiree, Malcolm, take it away.
3: Hey, folks. Thanks for joining us. I'm Malcolm Etheridge, that's Desiree Ragusi, and this is Office Hours. On this episode, we're talking about the ways in which you might be able to include cash for renovations into your loan if you're buying a fixer-upper. In this competitive market we're in now, where people are competing to get into homes they never would have looked at uh, prior to the pandemic, folks are having to be flexible in what they want and are willing to accept in their new homes. That house with the worn floors or dated bathroom that, you know, may have been a disqualifier in years past. Now folks are buying and saying, well, we'll just have to get those floors fixed before we move in. But as I just said, the market is super competitive, which means the budgets have been stretched. How do they come up with the money to make those changes? Or do they? Well, in today's episode, we're going to talk about that. So Desiree, really quickly to jump into this, uh, you know, this is obviously a conversation that you and I have talked about a ton because I've told you, due to COVID, I've been in the house watching tons and tons of HGTV. <laughs> and I find myself wondering, as people, you know, come into these houses, like, how could you possibly think that, like, that house is going to be moving ready anytime soon? Right. Right. Then you have the folks that they come in, they look at and they say, oh, we're going to change this. We're going to change that. We're going to change that. That's got to go. That's got to go. And by the time they finish they're down to the studs. Right. And so it leads people like me to wonder, like, is there a special type of loan that you would have to take out in order to, to, to have extra cash to make these renovations after closing? Or would a conventional mortgage still do the trick for these folks?
4: That's a really good question. And this is actually one of my favorite topics right now, because, there are what we call renovation months. And so there's a couple different offerings and they will change slightly in what you can do as far as renovations are concerned. But the short answer to that is yes. You, again, myself and probably majority of people out there during COVID who watch the HGTV, I think everyone else is thinking, wait a minute, how did you buy that house and had $75,000 and a hundred thousand dollars in renovation money to go in and, and do all of that work. Right. So I think that's going to be a really fun topic to talk about today. And um, uh, what may help some potential borrowers out there with finding a home that they want to live in, in this extremely uh, competitive market.
3: Yeah. And we're in the DC area. You and I both are. And I know that, you know, Certain places like maybe Boise, Idaho, for example, that never thought they would see themselves being overrun by people looking to come in and bid up the area or or Nashville, Tennessee is another one that I've seen where, you know, people have moved to expecting that they're going to be able to have a low cost of living, easy living, no traffic, all those kind of things. And now suddenly COVID happens, everybody wants space. Memphis is one of those places that has been hit kind of hard. Whereas we in the D.C. area, we expect the housing market to always be tough. Right. Like it's even, you know, when we had the financial crisis in in 2008 that spanned into like nine and ten, the housing market here, because of how many people you have who work in government, never really took that same hit that the rest of the country did or didn't sustain it as long, I should say. As the rest of the country, and so we always expect that there's going to be a tough, tight housing market here in the DC area, and we just kind of have had to to live with it. But am I coming in to to get a, a special loan in this case, or am I able to use you know traditional uh, mortgage financing? How does it, how does it even work? It's a
4: good question. So as far as say just a traditional, conventional mortgage, there are conventional mortgage options for this. So. Um, there's one called what's a homestyle loan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, FHA has their own program, which is the 203K. Uh, there's a standard and limited with that FHA program as well. So you would have to have a, a, a conversation with your mortgage professional ahead of time to make sure that you're planning for that. It's not like you can decide last minute, you put in an offer on the house and then you want to change it. It would, be, it would be very challenging. And we can talk a little bit more about a couple items to keep in mind and sure. working with your your real estate agent when you're going in and, and house hunting.
3: Yeah, and as you're you're alluding to, we talk a ton about you know this show is designed to be talked through from the perspective of the lender, the underwriter, the mortgage broker, your mortgage processor. We never really think about the realtor in this scenario yeah. and how integral a part they are into the conversation of like picking out the house and then how you're going to weave that into your financing and, and keeping the lender involved and all those kind of things. So I'm glad you brought that up because as you're talking about your team, so to speak, that you need to have with you as you're going through the lending process, your team obviously includes your, your realtor because you talk to them more than anybody else. They're the person that's going to answer the phone at 11 p.m., when you call freaking out about something, but keeping the two <laughs> together is probably the the more important way to, to think about that planning process. Making sure that the lines of communication between your lender and your uh, realtor are as, as open as possible is probably the the way to go. But are you able to, you know, kind of for this particular type of loan you're talking about specifically, are you able to borrow at or above you know 100 percent loan to value here since? you know, the home will likely be worth more once you've made those improvements, presumably. Yeah. Am I able to borrow above sort of where it stands today?
4: Yeah, so essentially how the loan will work is you are still approved, right, in advance for mm-hmm. a certain limit. So mm, in this market right now, we'll say you are you go in, we're working together, we take a look at all your assets and, and uh, liabilities um, and then what you're making and we'll say, okay, you're approved for $600,000, right? And you're looking at me like $600,000 in this market right now. Like where, what are you going to get? And that's a lot of borrowers are thinking the same thing. And so the the reason that this topic excites me the most is this program, the either one, the Homestyle or FHA's program, the 203K is so underutilized. Mm. And I, I really hope that some who are a little bit more adventurous and have a, maybe a little bit more time on their hands and the stomach to do a renovation may be able to take advantage because again, it kind of goes back to that HGTV uh, idea. You find the worst house on, yeah. you know, on the best street or uh-huh. um, I know the worst house in the best, uh, best neighborhood. It's the same concept. You might be able to find a home that needs some love and it's maybe it's listed for 450. And uh, traditionally, someone may look at that and say, I absolutely do not want that home. I I can't, there's no way it's going to take a lot of work. Whereas some might say, this is absolutely the neighborhood I want to be in. I have some time that I can put into the renovations in this. And I'm willing to do the legwork in order to get that loan. So what you would do is you would obviously, again, your real estate agent needs to be heavily involved because there are a couple of things to think about. One, where say a, you know, a, a traditional you know, conventional mortgage might be 30 days closing. Sure. We usually tell our borrowers plan for 60. Okay. So you're going to have a longer closing period with this because there's a lot more legwork and paperwork that goes into it. One, obviously being the appraisal and two, you're going to have to be working with a contractor during that time, right? And there's going to be certain documentation that you're going to need through that life cycle and making sure that we get that in a timely fashion in order to start the next stages of that process. It just naturally is going to take longer. So you said, be prepared for that.
3: So I've got a $600,000 pre-approval letter in my hand. I went and found a house that's, you know, gonna take some rehab work, but I've got uh, four hundred and fifty thousand locked in as my purchase price, right? My realtor mm-hmm. did a great job, got me a yep. great deal at four fifty. So I'm thinking that means then I've got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to play with as far as the renovation is concerned is there anything I'm leaving out of there that might eat into that 150 that I need to be aware of? Or can I? Use
4: yeah, that's a good question. So uh, keeping in mind, you may need things like an architect, depending mm-hmm. on what your plans for the renovation are going to be. There's going to be multiple inspections along the way that are going to need to be paid for. And so you may need to have two appraisers as well, appraisals as well. So just keeping that in mind, there are going to be other elements as part of that loan package that you're going to need to account for. So they may not approve you to use all of that 550. Maybe they're going to give you up to 120,000 to Mm -hmm, do the renovations. mm -hmm. But what the, the initial process is, they ask for an estimate, right? Your best estimate on how much of this renovation for this property is going to cost. And they're going to take it all in. They're going to assess it based on the property, Based on the other comps in the area, they're going to get that inis- initial appraiser out to take a look at what your contractor has said. They're going to take a look at the neighborhood and they're going to take that all into account. And then they're going to make sure that they fine tune those those um, end numbers and make sure that we're still getting you within your pre-approved range.
3: But are there any dollar limits then on how much I get to borrow, right? You, we, Or I, sh- I should say, is there a loan size that's too big?
4: That's a great question. So I think, I mean, obviously you're still going to be, you're still going to have to fall within your uh, conventional and your conforming county limits. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're going in for those, for this loan. So you're going to have to work with your mortgage professional identifying what that's going to be.
3: So are there any, you know, you mentioned the 203k loan, which for those who aren't familiar, it's essentially you renovating the property from head to toe, right. Um, And and doing a, a little bit more extensive renovation than you know, just we want to tidy up those floors or we want to 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 get rid of the popcorn ceiling or you know that sort of thing. Um, are there any different requirements for those making bigger scale improvements to the house? You mentioned the architect as an example, permitting those kind of things, but from a lending perspective, anything different about you know the the 203K loan versus the other to make it simpler or easier depending on the size and scale of the project?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. So with FHA 203K, you're going to have two options. You're going to have the 203K limited, which is going to put you at a maximum of $35,000 worth of renovation that are going to be going into the home. So maybe that is for the borrower that goes in and says, hey, listen, this house is actually in pretty good condition. We just need to update the floors. Uh, We're going to update um, maybe some of the windows need to be replaced and a new roof, right? that would be a great fit for that limited option. Then you um, have the, the standard, the 203K standard, where now you're going to really be looking at like, this is going to need structural changes. We're looking at, you know, possible, I need to redo a bathroom um, yeah. and and so forth. So that actually has a minimum. So you're going to be looking at a minimum of $5,000 worth of renovations and, okay. and over. So, Um, And then with the home style, they're really just going to be looking at, you can't borrow more than the property's worth, obviously. Um, And maybe that's not obvious. Um, And then I think you may have asked me earlier. So with the home style, your your loan to value still has to be within that 97% range. Again, for a one unit, we're just talking single family, one unit, uh, primary property. And then um, your 203K, same with any FHA At 96.5% LTV is going to be um, your max on that.
3: You're jargoning me. So the 96.4, 96.5 LTV is essentially meaning that my skin in the game has got to be three and a half percent of whatever the purchase price is. Correct. Yes. Okay.
4: Yeah. And that takes into consideration your renovation budget.
3: Yeah. Okay. Any success stories you want to share? You know, where maybe a client approached you and thought they were going to have to use their personal savings, right? Or even retirement funds, which I've seen in some cases to renovate, you know, a property and you helped educate them on how adding money for renovation into the loan was the better alternative.
4: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think one that we have had recently was, you know, what I mentioned and touched on earlier, you know, a younger couple who just could not find a property that they, you know, felt like they could put a stamp on without Mm -hmm. having to purchase it and then also take money out additionally after their down payment and closing costs to go in and redo the floors um, or, you know, some small things like that. So they were actually able to go in, they were approved for a conventional mortgage. We moved them over to a home style and they were able to take out, I think they did about $85,000 in renovation budget on top of a property that they worked with their real estate agent and, was able to, uh, able to close on and it worked out great for them. I mean, they were so happy that they were able to make those small adjustments for a Mm -hmm. property that maybe it's not their forever home, but they really felt like it was their touch. Um, You know, they were able to bring their style into the home and they weren't, they didn't have to go in and pull out of say, you know, their TSP or, you know, 401k or something like that in order to make that happen um, and obviously still kept them within their range and their monthly budget. And obviously the goal is always to do that. We don't want to just approve you for what you can, we don't want you to take what you're approved for. We want you to take out what you can afford. So that's, that's critical.
3: The financial planner in me is glad to hear you say that um, a <laughs> lot of times. I And even again, watching HGTV, I'll bring it back to that one more time. where We see the folks that, that there's this discrepancy between a couple where one will say, here's where I'm comfortable, right? 450 is yes. where I know we can make this mortgage payment happen without any trouble, no matter what happens to us. And the other will say, well, we were approved for 600. So we have 600 yes. and there's the disparity between. So I, I completely agree with you with that, that it's, it's more about what's going to give you the house you really want in the price range that you're most comfortable with to be ready to move in and and whether it's a forever home or for right now home, just be comfortable in it. So um, I'm glad that uh, this is becoming more popular, a way to go versus depleting savings and uh, God forbid retirement savings, which means you have a lot more trouble getting to it and all that kind of stuff. So um, awesome. Well, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining us for another episode of office hours. Uh, I'm Malcolm Etheridge. She's Desiree Ragussi. Uh, and Desiree, remind people where they can find you if they have questions or want more after this goes live.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So Desiree Ragusi on LinkedIn. You can email me at Desiree at FortisMortgage.com. and our Fortis Mortgage handle on Facebook,
1: Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. This has been the Tech Money Podcast. For more information on today's topic, to review the show notes, or to catch up on past episodes, be sure to check out malcolmetheridge.com slash podcast. And if you have an idea for a show topic that you'd like us to cover, or you want to send us feedback, the web address again is malcolmetheridge.com. You can also find Malcolm across all social media platforms at Malcolm on Money. This episode was written and created by Malcolm Etheridge with the production, the editing and sound controls powered by Proudmouth. This has been a Malcolm on Money original. Thank you for listening.
0: um. you